Today's video is all about what to do with your money when you have some savings. How do you put it to best use? So this is a question that is useful for you. You want to know my views on this subject, then listen in. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox Podcast. Yes, that is right. We're going through what do we do with our savings when we build up a nice tidy pot of cash. This is what I call a good problem to have. How do we put this money in the right places to make the most of it, to give us the best financial standing? Now, before I go through that question, I would like to encourage you to like, comment, share if you are enjoying my content. Uh, If you like this video, please do give it a like. Uh, Any of the other videos that you watch, please do the same. If you have found uh, this content useful and you think other people that you know would find this useful too, please do share it. And if there are any feedback you would like to let me know, uh, future topics that you'd like me to cover off in videos, please let me know in the comments section. Anything you'd like to see differently or new in future videos uh, from uh, watching this video, again, please let me know. All right, so without further ado, So the first thing you really want to be understanding is your particular situation. So I obviously don't know your situation, but there's some kind of fundamental things you want to be thinking about. And there's really five. First one is, what is your ultimate outcome? Where do you want to get to, right? So you've got the savings. Where are you now? And where do you ultimately want to get to? Because there's no point putting that money to use in a direction that doesn't move you closer to where you actually want, okay? Second thing is what opportunities are there around you? People are in very different situations and we want to be taking advantage of opportunities that are best for us and are available for us. I might talk to you about certain opportunities, but if Given your situation, they aren't available to you, right? So you need to know your circumstances. Third one is what are your interests? So it's all well and good me kind of going on about property, for example. But if you don't find property interesting, uh, and nor do you want to learn about it or spend time in that area, then that's probably not a good area to go into, right? Uh, You won't do as well as other people because they will have much more excitement, passion, and dedication to doing better. Fourth one is what are your commitments, right? What are your responsibilities? What's the money coming in? What's the money coming out? And be aware of that. Don't just look about, you know, oh, I just want to invest. I just want to focus on investing my money. What is the dynamic around you right now? What are your obligations? And be aware of that. You don't want to put yourself in a situation only to worsen that situation or to put unnecessary pressure or stress on your situation. Because yes, you might be putting your money into say an investment, doing quite well off that investment. But as a result of that, you don't create the safety net within your current commitments and you end up having to pay uh, fees uh, or interest rates and so on around having to resolve and maintain your current situation at a cost of those investments. That isn't necessarily a good thing. So always bear in mind about the full piece. And then lastly, what are your upcoming responsibilities? Do you have a wedding coming up, a holiday? Uh, Are you looking to potentially change jobs or change business? These things you really want to be thinking about 
Uh, often we want to try and simplify and just kind of get focusing on the things that excite us, that we want to think about, that make us happy. And if the idea of investing, for example, does that, then we tend to focus on that. Or if it's just keeping it in the bank because we have some money just sitting there in the bank and that makes us feel safe, again, we just tend to focus on that. What I'm trying to encourage you to do through this video is to think about the wider picture, all of it. It's about balance at the end of the day. So first thing is understand your situation and then factor that in. Second thing is set a new zero within your bank balance. And this is something I do with a lot of the people I coach. And that is because people often work to zero in their bank. And regardless of how much money you have, if you're doing that, it causes a lot of stress. Why does it? Because you might have a whole load of investments, a whole load of things that are making you do well. You might be earning a lot of money, you might be getting a lot of income. You might have assets giving you good returns, whatever your situation is. Right? It might be like that, it might not be as uh, as strong as that. But either way, if within your main bank, where money is coming in and out, you use zero as the as the limit, as where you're kind of making sure you don't go below, then what happens is every time you go close to that, you get stressed, you get anxiety, because you're always wanting to make sure you're not um, going below that zero, because then you start having to pay potentially fees, uh, if you don't have an arranged overdraft, even when you do have one, you are paying for that facility. So first thing I would do is, is when you have some savings, use part of those savings to create a new zero. So for example, nice round number, of, for example, 5,000 pounds, 10,000 pounds, if you have the money, and then to keep that in your bank. And the reason why it's good to have a specific number is that as money's coming in and out, if you know, for example, that your, your zero is 5,000, if you're coming down to seven, 6,000, you know you're close to your zero, right? And you don't have much money left before you go into your negative, right? Below 5,000 is kind of your new negative. And by doing that, it allows you to still manage your money and make sure the income matches kind of outgoings or the income is still more than the outgoings. But you know that if something happens that you're not expecting, you can go below that zero of 5,000 and still not incur costs or fees. You still have that buffer, okay? So that would be the first thing I would recommend. The second thing is your long-term saving spending. So basically this means it's building up a pot of money to spend on things that you would buy that don't happen frequently. So you've got your general spending plan and that's your kind of monthly plan or weekly plan depending on how you operate. Usually it's driven by how people are paid either weekly or monthly. So for example, if you're earning 2,000 pounds a month and you're spending say 1,500 pounds a month, right? And that's your usual month, okay? A common issue people get is they they think about all the things that happen regularly. So they say, I'm, I'm you know, spending 1,500 pounds a month, every month, uh, and earning 2,000 pounds. So I'm doing really well. I'm getting the savings every month, I'm doing well. And then they think, you know, or maybe even, you know, they go right up to it. They think, oh, I'm spending 2,000 pounds a month, and I'm earning 2,000 pounds a month. 
But then what happens is when it comes to suddenly a big holiday once a year or a wedding or, uh, you know, some health fees for your parents, for example, something that is more infrequent or maybe unexpected, then you don't have that buffer, okay? And yes, you can put your money into investments and so on, and that is good, and we'll talk about that in a second. But if you don't allow some room for those occasional purchases, it can throw everything out. So the way I would suggest you do that is commit to a certain amount each month to put towards your long-term saving spending. But also if you have a pot of savings, right, a pot of money that you have sitting there available, I would encourage you to carve out a certain percentage of that into another account specifically for those occasional purchases and especially things that are coming up soon. So for example, if you have a wedding, you know, you want to be um, preempting that even if a wedding is not even on the cards just know that something like that if it's the way you want to move in your in your life then uh, those are the kind of things that are kind of come up if you want to have children and so on a whole load of costs that come up around that and just generally speaking whenever you have these big purchases that are occasional you always want to be buying them up front with money that you've already saved you don't want to be in that reactive position where you're coming up to a situation where you want to do something, you want to buy something that is uh, one-off or irregular, and then you say, okay, what I'll do is I'll take a loan out or a credit card to buy that, only to then spend the next few months saving up to clear that debt. One, that means you're paying fees unnecessarily, right? Because you're in cost of interest on those things. And two, it's just not a good way to think psychologically uh, to always pay for something before you have the money, right? Buy something and then get the money back. Buy something, get the money back. So even if you're getting low interest rates on some whizzy, you know, 0% credit card and you think you're being clever, uh, you might be being clever and that is good. That is good that you're getting a low interest rate. But the psychology of buying something and then recovering the money later is a bad place to get to. All right, so always dedicate a certain amount of money to those items. Items that you know are coming up and items that you don't know are coming up because there are always things that come up that we don't know about, all right? So next thing is what I call the financial freedom fund because it doesn't matter where you are, where you're wanting to go on this financial journey. The majority of people want financial freedom. And that's because financial freedom is essentially freedom from financial constraints. Whatever you want to do in life, whatever your ultimate purpose is, however you want to truly live your life, we want to be able to do it on our terms and not restricted by money. So the best way to get there is to build up enough money so that you can set your situation up in a way where you're getting regular amount of money that covers your cost of living. And so however you want to do that, and you know, the whole topic of how we construct that uh, is for other videos. And there are a lot of videos I've already brought out in that area. If you are interested, go check them out. But suffice to say, you need to build up wealth, right? You need to build up income uh, to be able to do that. 
So with your money, you wanna be putting it towards your financial freedom fund, an account where you can build up that money in savings to then put in to particular investments to be able to grow your money even more, to grow it faster. Now, two ways I would recommend. Now, it depends on your particular situation, but just to get your thoughts going on that. The first thing to do would be to put it into a savings account, get that money building up. And as the money builds up, then personally, what I would do is I would put it into a portfolio investment, right? And that is essentially a number of different things that I would expect to go up over the long term because they have historically done that uh, for a very long time previously. But I invest in a number of different things that when put together reduces the volatility of those returns. So for example, the stock market that is very, very strong. Uh, if you look back over the last kind of 10 years, it has done on average every year about 10%. If you go back the last 30, 40 years, again, it's about 10%. It's a very, very high returns. Now the trouble with the stock market is some years it goes up a lot, other years it goes down a lot. 2008, 2009, it went down by over 50%. 2002, 2003, it went down by around 50%. So if you were unlucky with your timing, then you would lose a lot of money. Not just money, but stress. No one wants to go through that kind of loss. So a portfolio investment is investing in a number of different things that when put together, still gets you a good return. But the likelihood that you're gonna get big drops in the value of your investments is much lower. And very simply, again, I've got videos on that as well. Very simply, the reason that works is because you're investing in things that do well or do badly in different times. So if one thing is not doing well, another thing will do well. So when we bring them together, there is always something doing well and overall thing, generally speaking, goes up. And no one thing is going down because you're invested in a number of different assets. Okay, so that is basically portfolio investing, all right? But as I'm building the money up in this approach, when I start to develop more and more money, then I can start to think, well, what can I, what kind of other investments, specific investments could I do and put my money to that I think I'm gonna get a better return than that? So let's say my portfolio investment on average gives me a 9% return. Not every year, but on average, when you look at multiple years, it gives me say 9%. Well then, okay, I've got a choice. I can keep it in that and keep it building. It's very simple, because it's a very uh, simple structure. Or what I can do is, I can start to think about other opportunities that I think would give me a better return. Now, I'm not saying this is right for everybody because not everybody wants to go and start spending a lot of time researching different types of investments, maybe spend time doing those investments, might need more active work, might need to learn about things in that area to make sure you understand it, that you follow it so that uh, you always know that you're gonna do well, not just now, but over the longer term as, as the environment changes, okay? But if you are interested in investing and learning more and being more ambitious in the area of investing, 
then that's that next step. So for example, property. Property, you can definitely get uh, returns over 9%. Many different ways you can invest, right? You can do your standard buy to let, but you can also do service accommodation. You can do rent to rent. You can benefit from high capital growth on top of your rental returns. Many different things you can do. So for me, I love property. I do a lot of different types of investments in property and I do really well from it. And so it works for me. It works for me because I understand the area and I've learned about it and I can put that to good use. Two, it works for me because I enjoy it. I enjoy spending my time in that area. I know for some of you, you might think, crazy James, crazy. Um, but I do enjoy it. I would do it even if I didn't need the money. So it might not be property for you. It might be another area. But focus on areas that you believe will do a strong return and you are interested in it, okay? And then thirdly, then build up a pot of money specifically for that particular investment. But always make sure when you start to invest in other areas outside of a type of a portfolio approach is make sure any of those investments aren't too big, specifically towards your overall approach. And the bigger it is, the more money you're putting in one area relative to anything else, the more confident you need to be in that area and the more risk you need to acknowledge you're taking on, right? So if you have a hundred thousand pounds, you're in that great situation, you have a hundred thousand pounds and that's all your savings, and you decide to take the hundred thousand pounds, put it all into one property. Now, if you are a hundred percent sure or ninety-nine percent sure that, that property is going to do exceptionally well, give you a good uh, rental income, it's going to do well from a capital appreciation point of view then great. But again, you have got to be very sure because you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Okay, so first thing to do would be build up that portfolio approach, diversify, invest in a number of different things that you expect to go up together overall. And those things do well in different times. So no one thing drops. Okay. And then once you're building up that money and building up that strong foundation by having a solid amount of money in your bank as your kind of new zero, like 5,000, you've got your long-term saving spending where you've got money reserved for those items that you need to purchase over the next few months or years. And then you've got that nice portfolio of money invested in a number of different things, doing well over time. Then when you want to kind of take it to that next level, if you want to take it to the next level, then you can start to think about new other investments that you think are going to do even better and then start to build up a pot of money specifically to invest in those areas. So that's it for me. I hope you found that useful. And if you did, please let me know. Uh, leave a comment. Let me know uh, what you liked about this video, what you'd like to see in new videos. And if you feel someone you know would benefit from watching this video, please share this video, let them know. If you've got value from this video, then that would be the best thing you could do uh, to say thank you. So I hope you enjoy this video and I will speak to you soon and see you next week. Bye-bye.